Welcome to another exciting word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Are you ready for the word today? All right. Let's open up our Bibles today. We're going to be going to the book of John in a moment. And today I'm going to tell you about a love story. Okay? It's a very simple word, but uh, I, I have passion today. And God has purpose, uh, a purpose for sticking to the basics. You know, I do not know where you are in life. I, I, I don't know, uh, you know exactly what you have faced this week or facing today. Uh, some of you I do, but most of you I don't. Or, or what you may face this week, those of you that are watching online, I'm, 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 I'm not aware of you know, what your life may be unfolding and what pattern or situation. I know that some who are listening are not born again. I know that some who will uh, today be encouraged by the Holy Spirit to, to uh, you know, uh, listen to the Word today. I know that they aren't saved. And, and uh, recently we have considered that God gave us the Bible for a very specific reason. God gave us the Bible because He wants us to understand Him. And the reason that God wants us to understand Him is that God is hoping that if we see Him, if we understand Him, that we would choose to be more like Him. That's God's hope. In fact, that's you know, the reason He sent His Son. Jesus said that He came to show us the Father. God wants us to understand Him in hopes that we will choose to be more like Him. If you want to know what God looks like, I've told you before, you can look in the mirror because God looks like you. He looks just like you. He made you in His image. The difference between us and God is not how we look. He made us in His image like Him, but it's on the inside. Because on the inside, we don't feel like God feels always. We don't think like He thinks. And we often don't want what He wants because something happened on the inside of us. Sin caused us to lose that God nature and we were left with human nature and human nature does not think like God thinks human nature is not God nature human love is not God love human uh, humans are incapable in and of themselves of being like God on the inside. You know, human thinking is not God's thinking. Human life is not God's life. And human nature is not God's nature. And human love is not God's love. Many people are doing good. Perhaps you're doing good. Maybe you are a wonderful person. Maybe you care about people. Maybe you help people. All of that is good. Many people are doing good and many people are doing their best. But we cannot make light of the fact that Jesus said you must be born again. You must be born again. Human perspective does not rule on earth nor does it rule in heaven you know I can understand how 
someone could take issue with the thought that being good is not good enough. I understand that. I understand how someone could take issue with the thought that I have been good all of my life. I don't steal. I don't kill. I don't commit adultery. I'm, I'm good to people. I help people. I can understand how someone who is good takes issue with the thought that good is not good enough. But the fact is, it is not. We play by God's rules, not by ours. And many times people who approach that thought, that issue, they approach it from a human perspective. You see, human nature is not God's nature, and human perspective is not God's perspective. God's perspective rules on planet Earth and in heaven. It's important that we realize that when you get to heaven, okay, you will have a long time to ask God to clarify anything that you don't understand today. Providing you get to heaven, you can ask. But you have to actually play by His rules to even get the chance to ask Him to clarify why He has decided what he has decided but this big decision of eternity it belongs to God there are some things that we just have to accept that that is God's decision there are some things that we may not understand and there are some things that we imagine we would do differently that God has chosen to do it his way instead of our way I know that can be difficult. I understand that people wrestle with things that happen in their lives. They wrestle with why did God let that happen? They wrestle with could not God have stopped that? Those are questions that God no doubt will invite you to sit down with Him in eternity so that he can clarify and explain that to you providing you actually get to go to heaven and that again is by God's rules I cannot stress enough that God's rules win and according to the Bible you must be born again according to Jesus Jesus said this and he was very plain, you must be born again if you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven. This is, I know, a very basic word today. But I have a purpose. God has a purpose in sticking to the basics today because souls are lost Many people imagine that being good or that someone that they know is good will, you know, good will be good enough. But we cannot make light of the fact that Jesus said you must be born again. And God has made his decision. God is not going to save your mortal body. It's, it's his decision. You will die unless Jesus comes 
during your lifetime for everyone. I'm hoping he does. I believe that he will. I'm, I'm, I'm praying that he does. But if Jesus does not come to rapture the church in your lifetime, God is not going to save your mortal body. Your mortal body will age. Your mortal body will deteriorate according to the process that God has put into place. And I know all the scriptures, and I confess that I'm doing well and God is healing me, and yet I realize that God is not going to save my mortal body, but He is willing to save my immortal soul. And one day, when the trumpet sounds at the resurrection, God has already decided that for those who have been born again, when their mortal body is planted in this earth, it is as a seed. And on that resurrection day, it will be raised incorruptible and undefiled and you your immortal soul will live in an incorruptible undefiled body forever and ever and ever that is God's plan that is his decision you must be born again how can you be born again I wish that every church in America, every church throughout the Asian continent, every church all over the world would choose to preach the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. My prayer this morning as I lifted my heart to God, I said, Almighty God, today I pray that every person that chooses to go to a church, every person that you can encourage to log on to a church service in somewhere, that today they would be given a clear opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of their life because they may only have this one opportunity and they need to hear the truth. How can you be saved? How can you be born again right now? Well, let me tell you, it's easier than you think. You can be born again right now by, number one, acknowledging God, acknowledging before God that you are a sinner. Until you realize that you need salvation, until you recognize you are lost, you will not be saved. The Word of God is very plain. When Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again, he was talking to a very good man who was a religious man, who was a leader of the synagogue, who was at the top of his class. And yet Jesus told him that he had to be born again. 
we must acknowledge before God. You don't have to tell anyone else, but you do need to acknowledge before God. Just like earlier, we heard the testimony. Lauren in her car, she was raised in a good home, and I am so grateful. Her parents are here today, her family's here today, and they raised her so that she would know how to call upon the Lord, who to seek. She would know what she needed to do when she came to that moment whenever Jesus encouraged her, say yes to me now. Recognize you need me. Acknowledge before God that you are a sinner. Number two, ask God to forgive you through the blood of Jesus Christ. This can happen in a moment. It can happen in an instant. All these things I'm going to tell you can happen in one second, in one twinkling of an eye in your life. It happened to the thief on the cross. It can happen in your heart. It can happen when you are at home. It can happen when you're in church. It can happen when you're watching online. It can happen in the privacy, in the the seclusion of your own pain acknowledge before god that you are a sinner number two ask god to forgive you through the blood of jesus christ he purchased the right to forgive you he purchased the right to cleanse your sin because of the blood of jesus and then number three accept jesus very important you see many people will acknowledge that they are a sinner Many people will say, yes, I am a sinner. Many people will even say, forgive me of my sins. But we are told that the salvation which comes through Christ comes because of a confession that we make that He is our Lord. For if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. For all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you must be born again. And this is the point that causes salvation to come into your life. You can say, I am a sinner. You can say, I am sorry. But what you need to do is accept Jesus into your life as Savior and Lord by faith. It does not matter if you have ever been to church before or if you have been in church all of your life. It does not matter what denomination you're affiliated with. It does not matter if if, if you are, are a preacher this morning, a deacon this morning. I was preaching one time in my church and one of my deacons walked forward to give his heart and his life to Jesus. I was so happy. I knew I had at least one deacon that was saved. (laughs) Never be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray today that this message would resound. These are the basics. This is the meat of God. 
This is not the milk of God. This is the meat of God. This is the greatest thing that God has ever done and could ever do for mankind. And the greatest thing that will ever happen in your life is to come to a place to where you know that you need Him and to where you ask Him to forgive you. And then with purpose, you call upon the name of the Lord and accept Him and receive Him into your life as Lord and Savior. This can happen to you. It can happen to you right now where you're sitting. It can happen to you right now. If you're driving down the road, you can do it right now. Don't close your eyes, but call upon the name of the Lord. Well, I trust you have done that. And now that we're all on the same page, let me take a moment to point out some scriptures to you. Because I want to teach you something and not just tell you something. There's as much difference, as I said last week, between teaching and telling as there is between listening and learning. You may listen to me this morning because you're supposed to listen. You're, you know, you're made to listen. You know, it's, it's, it's being polite. And, and, uh, but, uh, but rather than just being polite, I pray that you would learn something today. Because today I'm hoping you will carry this message to your friends and to your family. I'm hoping that you will learn something today that you can repeat. And that's the only way you know that you've learned it, if you can repeat it. If you cannot repeat it, you have not learned it. You've just listened to it. If you cannot repeat it, you do not know it. If you cannot repeat it, I have not taught it. I've only told it. So this morning... I pray that you would get something that you can repeat to someone else about this saving grace of God. You see, the Bible tells only one story. Let's look at what this story is. It's a very familiar passage. It's something that Jesus told Nicodemus. In John, the third chapter, right after he told him, you must be born again. In verse 16, Jesus said, For God so loved the world. Let me stop there for just a moment and tell you that the world is full of sinners. Not one person was born again when God so loved the world. The world is still full of sinners. Sinners are being born every day. Sinners are being added to our families, our communities. Sinners are being added to our job sites and our classes every day. And God loves them. Again, referring to Lauren's earlier testimony. She made reference to the fact that how can I not be angry with my grandfather and yet be angry with others who are doing things that they should not do? We need to see others as God sees them because our human nature is to judge. God's nature is to forgive. Our human perspective sees all the things that are wrong around us. God sees all the things that are possible around us. 
the man named Saul of Tarsus, along with so many others through the ages, were horrible sinners. Zacchaeus, the Bible called him a, a notable, notorious sinner. No one knew how close he was to saying yes to Jesus. No one knew how little it would take for Saul of Tarsus to turn his life around and become a servant of the Lord. You don't know how much, how little it will take to reach that person who's giving you the most trouble in life. You don't know what God is willing to do, how God has worked in their life. Don't give up. Share the loving grace. Share what God. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, as I said, the Bible only tells one story. It's a story of redemption. The Bible only tells one story. It's a love story. And it's told through the lives of so many. I encourage you to read through the Word of God. Read about Abraham. From Abraham to David, it was a love story. God loving these men, even though they were not perfect, even though they sinned, even though they disappointed God, even though they went places they, that, that God did not want them to go and, and did things God did not want them to do, the overriding story will be a story of love and redemption and forgiveness and help in their lives. Read the stories of Ruth and Esther. Read how God dealt with them the love story that God shows us through their lives. Samson to Stephen, Rahab to Mary. It's a love story. God cares. Love, however, is demonstrated. It's not just an empty feeling. Love, God teaches us, is demonstrated. How do we demonstrate love? Love is demonstrated by putting others' needs ahead of your own. Love is giving. It's giving some of your life, your time. Giving some of your attention. You cannot say, the Bible says, that, that, that I love God, but I don't, you know, love other people I love God but I don't love my neighbor you know John wrote that that you're just lying to yourself because if you love God you will love what God loves it's so important to realize that a person can give without loving but a person cannot love without giving Somewhere today, I'm hoping that you will find a place in your day to give something to someone else. And the picture of God giving to a world was God giving to someone that cannot help them back. Jesus said to love people that love you is doing nothing more than just what your human nature dictates that you would love people that love you. But I'm telling you, you said, love people that hate you. <laughs> love people that despise you. Love people that persecute you. 
What are you doing for people that you don't know, people that cannot help you back, people that you may never meet? What are you doing? How are you showing your love for them? Much more, how are we showing our love to our families? Are we spending time with our children? Are we demonstrating the love of God to those we work with, to those that we share a classroom with? Are we caring? Or are we just imagining that that is a parenthetical part of our life that, that we don't have to do anything there? No, God has a reason why you are everywhere. Everywhere you are, there's something you can do to please God where you are. I often say that to myself. When I walk into a place, without regard to where I am, I often say to myself, you know, uh, what, God, what can I do here that would please you? What, what, what can I do for you? Love is giving and love is intentional. God intentionally loved us. God loved us with a plan, okay? Now, many times we probably imagine that you know we're doing good and we're, we're we're loving people and we do care for people and we just do it whenever you know whenever we uh you know whenever the notion hits us right you're walking by somebody and and all of a sudden boom you know oh hey you're here you know hey you know how can i give you some time some attention how can i help you with something that you need i am so glad that's not the way that god modeled love you see, God modeled love intentionally with a plan. God had a plan on how he was going to love us. God had a plan. God gave his only son intentionally with a plan. He worked it out. I encourage you, get a plan how you are going to intentionally love others in your world. Get a plan on how you can positively, in the name of Jesus, for the cause of Christ, with a heart of love, intentionally plan on giving yourself to some other arena, to people in some other arena of life. People outside of the people that just love you back. People outside of the people that can help you back. And it's not relegated to money. Don't cheapen it by putting just money on it. Put your life into it. You see, even Job showed us the power of reaching out to others in need. At the end of his life, he was more blessed than he was at the beginning. He lost... I, I don't know why that happened. I can't begin to understand it, and I would not have done it that way. But the overriding truth is it was not over until God had his final say. And when Job reached out and prayed for his friends, the Lord turned his captivity. And so that he ended up with twice as much as he had ever had before. An amazing story. You see, love is caring about others. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 11, you know, talking about how much God loves us. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. 
If God loved us with this, with this overwhelming love, so much so that He gave Himself for us, then we ought to love one another in the same manner. That's the way He wants us to love. 1 John 4, 21, And this commandment we have from Him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Who in the world is my brother? Well, Jesus answered that question in the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. The one who needs is your brother. Today, I hope to encourage you. The biggest thing today that I believe God wants me to say to you, I've shared the truth, but the biggest thing God wants me to say to you today is thank you. This morning again, as I went to the Lord, He drove it home in my heart. All day yesterday, in seeking God, He was driving this home. In our green room, while we were praying over our service this morning, I stopped and I told the people, I don't know, there must have been 12, 15 people in there. I told them, I want you to know that today, God wants to say thank you. I'm going to preach the truth. But the real message of God today, His purpose and my passion is to tell this church and to tell the church of the living God, thank you because you have been giving. You have loved in a way that is planned, in a way that is intentional. You have every day, you are loving people that in no way can love you back no way can they help you back. You are giving your life. You're giving your time. You're giving your attention. I know you. Individually, I can look out there, and I know what you do in your classrooms. I know what some of you do in your workplace. I know what you do whenever you enter into a restaurant or, or go to a local store. I know what you do with your families. You are doing well. Thank you from heaven. Thank you from God. Thank you from a grateful pastor. Thank you from all the souls that you are planning on and intentionally blessing in ways that you cannot imagine, in things that they could never even, even imagine happening in their lives. Thank you. You've done a good job. This morning as I was praying, I was reminded that when we get to heaven, Jesus is going to say, thank you. He'll say it like this, well done. Well done. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was sick. I was naked. I was in prison. And you came and you helped me. When, Lord, when did we see you in need and do something for you? And he will respond, Inasmuch as you did it unto the least of these, you did it unto me. For God so loved the world. And if he loved us, should we not also love others like he loved us? You're doing it. Keep up the good work. Keep it up. 
if you're going to hear and you will hear well done in heaven shouldn't you at least hear it right here on earth accept Jesus as Lord and Savior no and love on purpose Thanks again for joining us for another powerful message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.